have grabbed a hold of something. I hope you've all become developed a deeper sense of awareness of what's really on the inside of you. Because what's on the inside of you is God. God is in there. I'm telling you, he, you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And some of you are in this, these services going, I've never heard anybody preach about that before. I've never heard anybody teach about that before. But listen, at the end of the day, the, the, it, when, when you think about how man was created, right? So man was created. He created him out of the dust of the earth. And it says that he breathed the breath of life into man and then he became a living. Listen, I'm telling you, there was, there was a human there, but that human was not, uh, did not have the spirit of God inside of him. And the moment God breathed the breath of life into him, he became a living being. And remember, you're not a living doing, you're not a living having, you're a living human being. I am the, the temple of the Holy Spirit. I am where the holy presence of God has cho chosen to live. And if you'll remember when Adam and Eve sinned, that, that God came back to, to walk with them. Remember, he used to walk with them in the cool of the day and all of that. And he came back, and for the first time, God had to say, where are you? Where are you? And in the first time in history, and we don't know how many, it could have been a million years those two were here on the planet. We have no idea. But what I do know is this, is that for the first time, there was separation between man and God. First time. And we went through this whole Old Testament, you know, experience where people would do right you know, by God, and, and, and God would bless them, and then, you know, they'd go and they'd do stupid things, and then God would leave them again and turn them over to themselves, and it was just this back and forth and back and forth, and I think sometimes in even modern-day religious Christianity, we're living in that life where, oh, I didn't do good enough, so therefore maybe the presence of God's no longer in me. But I'm telling you, he's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. He indwells in the believer, and he is there. He's omnipresent, and he wants to, you to be the vessel of his glory. I am convinced beyond a shadow of a doubt the only reason I am here on this planet, the only reason anyone is here on this planet is to be a vessel of God's glory. That, I mean, that's Genesis to Revelation, that God wants to work through mankind. And I'm talking about a dunamis, powerful, omnipotent, I mean, created it all, knows it all, and wants to distribute that through you in every possible way. And the more you can become aware of this power that's inside of you, the greater your confidence is going to be in yourself, and the greater your trust will be in your God. And I said this last week, and I'll say it again. What is a relationship with God without trust? It's not a, it's not a relationship. You're not trusting. And therefore, you, you're not quite tapping into this incredible dunamis power that, that resides on the inside of you. In Isaiah 40, uh, verse 27 through 31, it says, O Jacob, how can you say the Lord does not see your troubles? How many people in here, and don't raise your hands, you, you've had some troubles, you've had some setbacks, you've, you know, wondered, where are you, God, and so on and so forth. 
It says, oh, Israel, how can you say God ignores your rights? How many people know that you didn't always get what you wanted in the moment you wanted to get it? Have you never heard? Have you never understood? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. He never grows weak, and he never grows weary, ever, ever. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. He gives power to those who are weak and strength to those who are powerless. Even youths will become uh, become weak and tired, and young men will fall into exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. Well, where is the strength going to come from? It's coming from the inside of you. It is there. It wants to take the forefront of your life, but if you're not careful, you'll get stuck in the first part of the Scripture. Doesn't God understand me? Doesn't God understand my trouble? Doesn't God understand that, that I, I feel ignored or isolated and I, I don't feel like I have the presence of God? Don't go based on your feelings. Go based on what the Word of God says. He'll never grow weary. He'll never you know, get weak. He'll never do those things. And he's always going to be there. He wants you to begin to develop such a deep relationship with him that all of a sudden it's nothing more than Christ that lives inside of me. It's no longer me anymore. I don't, I don't live based on the evidence that I see in this world. I know that when I'm weak, I'm going to get weak. I know that tribulation is going to come. So what? Let it come. Let it come. Let it come. Greater is he that's in me than the devil that's in the world. Let it come. Don't worry about it when you get tired. Don't worry about when you get fatigued. You're no less in that moment than you were on your best moment. God's not a respecter of, your, of a person, you know, like he knows what you've gone through. Jesus went through everything, everything, tempted in every single thing and yet did not sin. So it's no longer about what I'm going to be capable of doing. It's what Christ has already accomplished on my behalf. And so going back to that story of how God breathed into man, he became a living being. Then there was separation between man and God. Well, this man, Jesus, comes on the scene. He comes on the scene. He does no miracles, no signs, no wonders, never did anything, hardly at all, and all of a sudden he meets his cousin out in the middle of the wilderness. Meets his cousin out there. And he walks up and he says, listen, uh, I, I need to be baptized by you. And he said, oh, no, I'm not going to be baptized by you. You're going to baptize me, man. I mean, you're it. He says, oh, no, I need you to baptize me. And he was baptized in water, and it says when he arose, that the Spirit of God, the same Spirit that was breathed into mankind, re-entered man in that moment. This, this is a restoration moment. And all of a sudden, Jesus gets filled with the Holy Spirit. And he leaves that place, and I'm telling you, he becomes so disruptive to the status quo that was going on in the religious society, in the non-religious society. He just went out with demonstration of power because the Holy Spirit had been, had, he had been filled with the Holy Spirit. And I, I believe almost everybody in this room has been filled with the Holy Spirit. But what you've got to do is flip that switch on. 
you got to flip it on. You've got to stir up the gift of God that's on the inside of you. You can't get comfortable in the way things are. You've got to be the catalyst for change to build the kingdom of God in your little world. And these little worlds that we all live in eventually will start to overlap. The, 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 the shift in the atmosphere that you've made, that I've made, that this one and that one, all of a sudden this starts to shift an entire atmosphere. Have you ever gone and flown into a city and you said, man, there's something up here. I, I got to get out of here. And all I can tell you is that is, you're, you're either going to live for God or you're going to live for something else. And no matter what that is, you are creating an atmosphere around yourself. Greater is the one that lives inside of you, though. When you can begin to say, you know what, I'm going to get up every day, and, it's, and I'm going to show you in some scriptures here, this isn't about how hard you're going to work in the kingdom, although you should work hard in the kingdom. This isn't about your effort and how good of a faster and a prayer you are and how many pages of the Bible you read per day and all that stuff. That's all great stuff. But you've got to get up with that and say, I'm doing it as unto the Lord now. I'm going to go out into the world, and I'm going to do what I do, and I'm going to allow the Holy Spirit to, to infiltrate my atmosphere in my workplace, uh, when I go to the grocery store, when I go you know, to my family reunion, whatever it is that you're doing, I'm telling you the Spirit of God wants to have influence in that area. And it's not always about what you want God to have influence in. Uh-oh. Step on some toes there. You don't direct God. God directs you. And what I want you to understand is if you go with a right spirit and you just say, God, I am open to you doing whatever you need to do through me, both things that I know and things that I don't know, I just want to be that kind of influence in the world. And you will begin to develop such an awareness of the presence of God in your life. You will have people that will come to you, call you, I mean, like want to be ministered to by you. And you're like, well, I don't know how to do it. No, no, don't say you don't know how to do it. Just flow with that. I've never done that before. I've never gone to seminary. I've never, you know, whatever. Don't worry about any of that. Jesus never went to seminary either. Praise the Lord. He was filled with the Spirit of God, maintained a heightened awareness about that, which kept the Spirit of God in control of his life. And then just wherever he went, he found a need. And all of a sudden, he could have the nine gifts of the Spirit operating in his life. He could have discernment. He could have prophecy. He could have a gift of healings. He could have a gift of faith. He could have all that going. None of it was weird. None of it was strange. It was all just in a perfect flow. He didn't have the agenda before he went in. He just went in. I must go here. I must go there. And then when he would get there, the presence of God would be there with him. And that same presence lives and abides in you today. Psalms 119, 148 says, I stay awake through the night thinking about your promise. Thinking about your promise. I stay awake at night and I am consumed with your presence. 
I am consumed with the promises of God. And I lay there and I allow that to emanate into my spirit. It, I, I don't know if you've ever been here or not, but I can wake up and the presence of God's right there. I'm like in sleep. I'm out of sleep. You know, I, I might have to get up and move around a little bit. And then, but that, that, that presence is there. And I'll think about it. And I'll drift into a dream. And then I'll come back into my own senses. And I'm going back and forth into this thing. These are powerful times. These are absolutely powerful times. You should be waking up in the middle of the night. Not, not going without sleep and insomnia and, you know, all the anxiety and all that kind of. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about in the midst of your dreams. Where you're kind of awake and you're kind of asleep. And it's like you're having this intimacy with the presence of God. And you're thinking about all the promises that he has for you in your life. Isaiah 30, 15. It says, this is what the sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel says. Only in returning to me and resting. Everybody say resting. Resting in me will you be saved. In quietness and confidence is your strength. This is about as close as I can get to helping you understand the difference between you being a human doing and a human having and a human being. Just being. Just being content with what you have. Just being aware of the presence of the Holy Spirit that is working in your life. And being quiet with that. Being peaceful with that. Being trusting in God with that. Because it's not in your works. It's not in, in the results. But it's resting in Him. Resting in Him. That will bring the salvation that you desire in your life. Sometimes we as men, it's all about how hard we can work, man. It's all about just getting the job done, forcing the issue, getting from point A to point B. Well, Ronnie, there's no way to live, bro. <laughs> I get one amen from Ronnie in my whole career. No, I'm kidding. It's just no way to live. Because no matter how much I can do and no matter how much I can get, I can lose it all in a day. I can lose it all in a moment. But I'm telling you, if I'll learn how to just operate in my life with peace and joy and love and forgiveness, I mean, understanding that the holy presence of God is active in my life and it's not about how great I am and how much I can accomplish, but it's what he's already accomplished and me just learning to do what I do in the finished work of Jesus Christ, in that peace that passes all my understanding. That is the walk we're called to walk. Psalms 139, 13 through 18. I love this scripture. I mean, this, this scripture just, it, it blows your mind because it helps you discover just how incredible you are. It says, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and you knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. You see how you're connecting to the Spirit of God in the Scripture? 
Can you see how it's, you don't have a life without what he's given to you. And if he's given it to you, he's given it to you for a purpose. He's given it to you so you can go out and be a vessel of his glory. But he says, you're so wonderfully, I'm so made so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion. As I was woven together in the dark womb, you saw me before I was born. Every day my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me. Oh God, they cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you're still with me. You're still with me. And out of that, I'm telling you, you can live a life that is full of peace and joy and love and forgiveness and all those wonderful things. And it's that kind of life that as you do what you do and you get what you get, you aren't getting it to, to create sorrow in your life. You aren't getting it because it's a means to an end anymore. You're not getting it just so you can say, hey, look at me and how great I am. Nobody cares. How can you say that about me, Pastor Paul? Because nobody cares. Nobody cares. But the moment you care, the moment you begin to nurture that part of yourself, that spiritual side of yourself that created you, that, that, that I mean, is in you and dwells in you, keeps your heart pumping, keeps you, you know, forming new cells. I mean, you, you get so consumed with what's happening out there that you lose track of what I've been talking about for the last four weeks. You lose track. And you forget how wonderfully you've been made. You forget how much God loves you. You forget that without him, you wouldn't even be here. You wouldn't even be here. Which can serve as evidence as the promises of God in your life. It can serve as evidence of the dunamis power that lives on the inside of you that was given by God. He knew you before you were born. He saw you in the isolation of the womb, in the dark place, and he saw you through. Now, if we even go back before that, we've got mom and dad together in an intimate moment. Praise the Lord. Plug your ears if you don't want to hear this. But there's only one piece of sperm that made it to that egg. And that was you. Millions released. And only you made it to that egg. You, I mean, are special. You are a promised seed. You are the one that is here to make a difference in this world. Sorry, I had to go into science a little bit here. It's all right. Psalms 86, 1 through 7 says, Bend down, O Lord, and hear my prayer. Answer me, for I need your help. Protect me, for I am devoted to you. Save me, for uh, I serve you and trust you. You are my God. Be merciful to me, O Lord, for I am calling on you constantly. Give me happiness, O Lord, for I give 
myself to you. Oh Lord, you are so good, so ready to forgive, so unfailing love for all who ask for your help. Listen closely to my prayer, oh Lord. Hear my urgent cry, and I will call on you whenever I'm in trouble, and you will answer me. You will answer me. But you've got to get that into your heart. It's like you, some of you need to be like a pancake. You're cooked on one side. You just got to get flipped over to the other now. It's all right. Don't burn yourself. Just, you know, let the Lord get the spatula under there and just flip the cake. All right? You'll cook on both sides. Raise the Lord. Don't make it all about your problems. Don't make it all about the negative. Don't make it all about all the stuff that's happening out there. Go deeper inside. Listen to the still small voice. The Spirit of God is always speaking. Are you listening? Are you listening? John 15, 14 through 16 says, For you are my friend, for our, you are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because a master does not confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends. Since I have told you everything the Father has told me. You didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit. So that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. And this is Jesus talking. It says, this is my command. Just be in love. Just walk in love. You've got that difficult assignment at work, just walk in love. Trust me, honey, it's going to be over as soon as it got started. It will. It will. It will be over as easy as, as pie. It, 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 you, it, but if you're not careful, you'll get so externally focused that you'll lose track of who you are in the Spirit of God to make the difference that you're there to make. It's not about what you're seeing out there. It's about how you're relating to that and allowing the Spirit of God to manifest in your life. Psalms 107, 28 through 30. I'm just going to read you some great dunamis power miracle scriptures. So then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He made the storm be still, and the waves of the sea hushed. And when they were glad, the waters were quiet, and he brought them to their desired haven. He said, you know what, don't worry about the wind, don't worry about the waves. We're going to take care of all of that. We're just going to go from here to there. But we're going to do it in peace, amen? Mark 9, 29, he said to them, this kind cannot be driven out but by anything but prayer. And listen, guys, I know, let me say it this way. If you will awaken the presence of God in your life, this, this dunamis power that I've been talking about for weeks, if you awaken that, your prayers won't be boring. They won't be routine. They'll be like, yes and amen, and praise the Lord. And you know what? Whatever I've been struggling with that hasn't been moved in my life, I can move it, that thing that hasn't been moved by any other way, I can move it by my prayers. You can move it. I promise you, you can move it. But it isn't, uh, again, some of you still got the pancake cooked side down still. You just got to flip it over. You just, I don't know how to better say that. I may have to put that in my book, praise the Lord. 
Don't be a pancake that's just cooked on one side. Praise the Lord. Get cooked on both sides. I love me some pancakes. All right. Uh, Mark eleven twenty four. It says, therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer. Does it say whatever? Whatever you, oh, there's the other thing. Ask in prayer, believe that you received it, and it's yours. Pray it, believe it, and you'll receive it. Conceive, believe, receive. Set the course of your life and leave everything else behind. This was the requirement that Jesus had as he would go and he would minister. He'd say, they'd be so amazed with him, and, oh, we want to do what you do, Jesus. You're awesome. Praise the Lord. And he's like, okay, you want to do what I do, just go ahead and let's go. We're leaving now. Yeah, but I got this and I got that and I got the other thing and so on and so forth. And, you know, what about all this? You're not fit for the kingdom of God. That's what he would say. And that sounds harsh, but there's revelation in that. How many things are you holding on to that are worldly thoughts and feelings and, and beliefs and so on and so forth? Are you willing to shed that off? Are you willing to walk away from the world that you know and begin to encounter a supernatural experience? Because without the supernatural, you see, you, you, cannot, you cannot build the kingdom of God. I, we could go and we could start a church, but without the presence of God, it would just be a, a place to go to hang out. Yeah. you got to let go of the natural to embrace the supernatural. And the supernatural, the beauty of it is it overrides, it supersedes the natural. When God made everything, how many people know there was nothing here? Nothing. Nothing was here. Nothing. It was only by the supernatural that God could begin to speak his intention of what he wanted to create, and he began to speak, and things began to solidify. You are created in the image and in the likeness of God, which means that how God creates is you, you follow that same pattern in your life. If I can think it and I say that's what I want and I can pray that thing and I can believe it, I can physically obtain it in my life. And it wouldn't matter what it was because I moment the, the, the thing that I know is that my faith, Paul Burnett's faith, is based on my imagination as it pertains to the Word of God. So I can go to the Word of God, I can find a promise of God, and I can begin to use my own imagination of what that would look like in my life. And I can develop a strong sense of belief about that thing. I can go to God, ask Him for it, and what is He going to do? He's going to give it to me. He's going to give it to me. This is what being a vessel of God's glory is all about. 
Because I'm not activating myself to do this. I am activating the Spirit of God, which is omnipotent. And I'm using the power of faith, which thank God for Abram who invented the thing. And I can say, that is what I want in my life. But most of the time, when we start to have those intentions in our lives, when things get tough, we let it go. We let it go. And I just want to encourage you guys. You know, I know some of you are believing for homes. Some of you are believing to get married. Some of you are believing for businesses. Some of you are believing for better jobs. And some of you are believing to go to school. I, I don't know what it is. Some of you are believing for a better marriage. You're believing for your child to get, you know, born again. There, there's all kinds of things. Don't let what's out there to tell you what's in here. Take hold of that thing. Take hold of it and begin to use the power that I've been teaching you about over the past few weeks here. And you will see it come to pass. John 14, 12 through 14, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works that I have done and even greater works because I'm going to be with my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, whatever it is, that the Father would be glorified in the Son. So when I ask and I receive, the Father is glorified through His Son. Anybody want to glorify the Father? If you ask me anything in my name, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Where is He going to do it from? Right in here. Right in here. He, you are the vessel of the glory of God. And the moment you tie your faith to the promises of God and you ask God to activate that, I assure you it's just a, mo a matter of time before it starts to organize itself. But you can't be double-minded. You can't go from this to that to the other. you got to stay your course. Get your little prayer room. Whatever it is, get your notebook, whatever it is, you start to get it down and you start to practice that thing every day. Acts 9.40, but Peter put them all outside and knelt down and prayed and turning, his, and turning to the body said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes and when she saw Peter, she sat up. Listen, Peter was, I mean, the guy that had his foot in his mouth all the time. If it can work for him, it'll work for you. It'll work for you. Jesus called Peter the devil. Called him the devil. If that is not evidence enough for you to begin to understand, wow, God really wants to work through me. The Son of God called that person the devil. And later that person resurrects a woman from the dead healed. This is what I'm talking about. It's not about how good you are, not how bad you are. It's about, hey, I believe in Jesus Christ and the finished work. I do my best. And you know what? When I do my best, God's grace is going to cover the rest. And he will. Ephesians 6.18, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, meaning I don't quit. I don't give up when things are contrary to what I'm believing God for. Making supplication for all the saints. So this isn't just me. My name is Jimmy. Now gimme, gimme, gimme. 
It's like, listen, we all need to awaken to the idea that we are a limitless resource of things that can, I mean, literally change this world. Psalms 107, 28 through 30. And then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. Some of you need to say, you know what? I am distressed, and I need to be liberated from that thing. It says, he made the storm be still, and the waves of the sea were hushed, and they were glad that the waters were quiet, and he brought them all the way to the other side. I guess I duplicated that one, didn't I? It must have been really important. Get through the storm. Get through the storm. There's dry land on the other side of that storm. I assure you there is dry land on the other side. Get your focus off of the wind. Get your focus off of the waves. Get your focus off of the fact that you might have to drown. You aren't going to drown. God's with you. He's in you. He's going to carry you to the other side. Mark eleven twenty four. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you received it. It'll be yours. Ephesians 3, 18 through 20. And may you have the power. May you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, all of them, all of us, should have the power to understand how wide, how long, how high, how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand entirely. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. That you may be made complete with all, all the fullness of life and all the fullness of power that comes from God. You. Now all God, now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work where? In us, in us to accomplish infinitely more than we could ever ask or think. Let me ask you a question. You're standing where you are today. And let's say you've got a circumstance that you've been fighting for a really, really long time. And this thing has not given up. And you get serious about this thing. And you say, you know what? I'm not going to be negative about it anymore. I'm not going to speak negatively about it anymore. I'm not going to emotionalize this thing anymore. You know what? At the end of the day, that thing is a finished work. It is a finished work. And you begin to pray and you begin to get into love, which is infinite, Never fails, by the way. God is love and all of that. And you just begin to say, you know what? I've done everything I know to do. I've done it. I, 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 I'm out of ideas. I'm out of things to, to try. The Word of God says that when you've done all that you've said, you, you, you've known to do, that you stand, therefore. Now, when I stand, I'm not active in anything. I'm not active in anything. I'm resting in the finished work of what I have done and what God has already accomplished as a result of my faith. And I connect what I've done to what God has done, which means I've done my best, 
I, I, I have nowhere else to go. In fact, I have the conviction of God to hold my ground, not to do anything else. And some of us don't listen at that point. We keep putting our hands to it. We keep trying to fix it. And we keep, you know, our effort moving as if something's going to change. But if you'll just learn to hold your ground, there's no more effort required. There's no more effort required. Because now I've done my best, and I depend on God's grace to do the rest. And I assure you of this. You have the ability to transform any situation you'll ever come in contact with. You could walk into a doctor's office, and they could give you a terminal diagnosis. And I assure you that the power of God is greater than that diagnosis. In fact, that diagnosis couldn't even exist without you being here, which God created, so then you have the authority and the dominion and the power to actually deal with it. Not saying don't take your medications. Please do not listen to me. You do all that you know to do, all of it, and then you stand there for And you begin to recognize this presence, this incredible presence of God where you begin to develop such trust in God that he is going to give you what it is that you said you're going to get. Now, sticking with the doctor's thing, right? You've got this this disease. You keep going back to the doctor, and he tells you it's gotten what? Worse. Will you be moved in that moment? Will you be moved? The the business that you're, you're believing God for, and all of a sudden, you lose your biggest contract. Will you be moved in that moment? I want to challenge all of you that it's not by might and it's not by power, but it's by the Spirit of the Lord. And this Spirit is so dunamis and so powerful and lives inside of you. Just learn to become the vessel of the glory. Because once that supernatural begins to emanate out of you, the natural has no chance of staying as it is. You see, I'm going to close with this scripture because it's critical. It's in Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with, there it is, thankfulness, Let your requests be made known to God. And here's what will happen. And the peace of God, which surpasses all your understanding, all the ways that you've tried to figure this thing out, all the ways of what, you know, you being right and everybody wrong, which surpasses all your understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Jesus Christ. Let's all bow our heads this morning. Heavenly Father, we just thank you and praise you for choosing to live and dwell inside of believers in Jesus Christ. I thank you that Jesus was the author and the finisher of our faith. And I thank you, Father God, for this way where there seems to be no way. Father God, right now, by the unction of the Holy Spirit, we just declare over our lives, Lord God, that we are the vessels of the glory of God. And God, please use us. 
please allow your glory to once again begin to flow out of us, Lord God, and begin to impact every area of our lives, Lord God. I thank you that your promises aren't just this or that or the other, but it's whatever we would ask, Lord God, in accordance with your will and your word, Lord God, that we could overcome. Father God, those who have struggled and continue to struggle, Lord God, convict their hearts, Father God. Cause them to to become more aware of your presence than their problem. And I thank you, Father God, that we would all be more obedient, Lord God, more obedient to your presence, to stop what it is that we're doing and begin to embrace this incredible power that resides on the inside of us. We give you all the praise, we give you all the honor, and we give you all the glory. Some of you in here need to get your hearts right with God. Some of you need to, re- to, to return to Jesus Christ. Some of you need to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior for the very first time. And this is your opportunity to do that. I want us to all say this prayer together. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I make you the Lord of my life. Holy Spirit, come alive in me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Keep your heads bowed for just a moment. If you said that prayer this morning, you meant it with all your heart. I just want you to slip your hand up. I see those hands. I see those hands. I see those hands. I see those hands. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Put your hands down. Eyes open, looking around. Get out there this week. Stir up the Spirit of God that's on the inside of you. Believe God more than your circumstances. Hang out for second service. We'll get started here in a little bit. We've got some coffee out here. Hey, we're also doing our graduation for school and ministry in second service, so hang around for that as well. Otherwise, God bless you. If you need more, if you need prayer, we'll have our pastors and elders here as well. God bless you all.